it started with me not trying to control my husband. I was the lust police, if you will, before mm -hmm. this. I was, I saw you looking at her. Were you checking her out? Oh my gosh, she's, you know, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm poor guy, you know, that had to be just nauseating you because I was just constantly on him. And whenever I stopped being on him and just started coming back to myself of, okay, Lord, help me with my freedom, like give me security so that if I were to see my husband checking out another woman, which I did have opportunities like this, I wouldn't take it on as my fault. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the forthcoming book The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Welcome to the Compared to Who podcast. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I'm really glad that you are watching or listening today. Today, my guest is my friend, Rachel Gilbert. Rachel is a former Oklahoman turned Texan by her husband. She's a homeschooling mama of three, a business owner, a marriage and family therapist, a blogger. She's creator of The Intentional Influencer and podcast host of Real Talk with Rachel. Rachel helps women find their voice and be brave enough to use it. She loves to equip women to get real, live free, and pursue their God-given dreams. Rachel Gilbert, welcome to the Compared to Who show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Well, I've known you for a couple years now. I think I was the first guest on your podcast. Isn't that right? <laughs> so and you, how many years ago was that? How long have you been podcasting? Two years. Two yeah. years. Okay. Wow. It's Time has been standing still here in COVID-19 time. That's got to be like 20 years, I think. <laughs> so you have a tremendous ministry to women. And before we kind of get started in like your body image story, will you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So sometimes when people meet me in this online space and they might think that I just kind of showed up and was outgoing and was happy to talk and do all these things. And that's really the furthest thing from the truth. I was the youngest of five kids growing up and for older uh, sisters who did lots of talking for me. So I kind of wore this label of shy and timid. And I really just adopted that mindset of myself all my life. And so it wasn't even until really the last six years or so that I, when I started getting called out to speak and different things, I used to just tell people no, because I was like, no, I don't speak. I don't write. I don't do those things. So um, the Lord has led me on a journey to overcome that. And that's a different story for another day. But today talking about this body image topic, that's another piece of my story. You know, all growing up, I was always just a little chubby, a little overweight. And 
whenever I was in, I played basketball and I say play in quotes because I was no good, but I just was on the team because all my friends were and it was fun to do. And when I was a sophomore in high school, I started having a weird hip issue and my, um, they had a fancy name for it. I can't remember what the name is, but basically my growth plates were growing apart rather than together. And at the time, the doctors told me um, the only remedy was to stop exercising, which meant to give up basketball. And then um, also they told me I probably wouldn't, they told me by the time I was 20, I was going to have to have a hip replacement and might not be able to birth kids naturally. And um, I did not ever have a hip replacement. Thank Jesus. And I do have three children um, and I had two of them naturally. And uh, so anyhow, as I was leaving that doctor's appointment though, he told me, he said, and it'd probably be really good if you lost some weight, but he did not give me any tools on how to lose weight. He just said, you should lose some weight. And uh, I remember going home like, okay, I, I didn't even know at that time it was an option to lose weight. I thought like you're either born with a certain body. Like I didn't know you could control that. Um, and so I thought, well, I guess I will give up pop and candy bars. I loved my food. I still love food by the way, but, um, I, I, I just stopped drinking the pop, gave up the candy bars and within about a month had dropped about 30 pounds and it just kept falling off me. The only time in my life weight has just, woo, just fallen off. And I remember that was my eyes wide open to, oh my goodness, I can control <laughs> what, you know, what happens with this body of mine. That's cool. And in came this idol of, first of all, controlling of, you know, um, what went into my mouth and what went out of my mouth and all the things. And then also I felt seen for the first time. Boys noticed me for the first time. Popular girls wanted to be my friend for the first time. So in came this idol of the control, but then also um, getting valued and seen for, for outward appearance. And from there, I went on to college and got my undergrad in exercise physiology. And yeah, just kind of became obsessed with um, the whole controlling and how I was able to exercise again at that point. And yeah, that's, that's a big, big chunk of my story and condensed version. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really interesting because it, it is about control like you said, right? And and so like, I know a lot of people, their story is they watched maybe their mom or a close friend, like do that, the controlling behaviors, the cycle of dieting, or maybe over-exercising, or maybe full-blown eating disorders. But for you, you kind of naturally just stumbled into it, it sounds like. And it's interesting, I think, how much that power affects us, right? Like that, like I can control something. It's like our, you know, we become our own, our own little gods in a way, right? Where it's like, oh, I have control. I have power, must keep the power. <laughs> we become so power hungry in this arena. So it's, it's interesting how, uh, how you got there, but it's very real. So then what happened? You got married, I know, in college. Tell, tell us about that part of your story. Yeah. And you know, one more thing to your point about the control. I remember even having adults who I looked up to parents and teachers and coaches tell me how proud they were of me mm -hmm. uh, for all the weight I had lost. And again, that just fed that even yeah. more, you know? And so, oh my goodness, people are proud of me for this. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. So that's a, another thing for another day of why I am extremely careful in what I say to people when they lose weight, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's, yeah, 
that's a whole nother thing. If we, if you want to dive deeper into that, we can, but, um, but that was just something that fed me even more. And I had a high school sweetheart and he definitely, um, I did not marry my high school sweetheart, uh, thankfully, but he fed into that as well. You know, so if I gained a couple pounds, he would notice and he would, you know, mention it to me or, or talk, you know, if I was, if I did go to say, Hey, get some ice cream, he'd be like, are you sure you need the ice cream? You know, he was just, he was watching for me. I didn't even have to watch it, what I was eating because he kept an eye on it for me. And anyhow, when I was in college after I, him and I had been broken up and um, when I met who's now my husband, he treated me very differently. He did not monitor everything I ate. In fact, he actually taught me how to eat healthy, like eat a lot of food, but foods that actually fuel me, you know, <laughs> that actually make me feel better. And, and, um, but I still, it still seemed a little too good to be true. I kept waiting for something to fall off. Like surely at some point he's going to start monitoring or like <laughs> noticing when I gain a few pounds. And so once we got married and I got pregnant with our first daughter and I gained 60 pounds really quickly, uh, that's when everything kind of just started to come out. Cause at that point, my husband really didn't know how deeply. I was dealing with some eating disorders and different things, but it all, it all came out in that first pregnancy. <laughs> so what did that look like? Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of the perfect storm because I was, you know, pregnant for the first time. We were both still in college. Actually, we got married and we were still in college, which is kind of crazy. Now that I think, like back on it, I'm like we were babies. I had just <laughs> turned 21 and we got married and I was pregnant on a college campus of people. There were not many pregnant people. Let's just say that I was not, I, I stood out like a sore thumb, especially in our department, the exercise physiology. I bet. <laughs> yeah. It was like, woo. Um, and there were lots of not so nice comments made to me as well um, by some of the guys in the program about the weight I was gaining and things. And anyhow, but my husband also, and what I'm about to share with you is we've shared before, so I have his permission to share. But at the time, um, he had overcome his porn addiction even before we got married, actually, because he got saved uh, about six months before we met and the Lord really broke that addiction off him. But he was still struggling with lust, lusting after other women. And so we were on a college campus. And if you've been on a college campus, you know how many of the ladies dress. Uh, so it didn't take much for him to find some things to look at, some, some women to look at. And I remember I was huge and pregnant, tipping the, you know, scales at the heaviest I had ever been. And we'd be walking around campus and I would notice him, you know, cause any woman we can always tell, like our husbands think that they're, you know, being sly when they're checking out another woman, but I'm like, Really? You know, so he'd be over there, you know, looking at uh, another lady and I'd be like, you know, I kind of can't blame you. She's, yeah, she looks good, you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, but uh, anyway, but that at the time, especially that was even more magnified. Hey there, how much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? 
Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. And so we both had our struggles going on. I'm over here dealing with my body image stuff that's really coming to rear its ugly head as I'm pregnant and feeling out of control in this weight gain. And then he's over here struggling with looking at other women too. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's such a common challenge for so many women that reach out to me, what do I do? And you know, for some women, it's that their husband is still in the porn trap or they suspect that their husband's in the porn trap, but don't really know and aren't really sure what to do about it. But then you know, there's this whole other area of, I think he looks at other women and I don't know how I'm going to compete with that, right? That's, that's a word that I know I would have used back in, in when I was having these fights with my husband, but it's, I don't know how I'm going to compete with that. And, and what do I do? Like I'm losing my marriage and, and it spirals from, he's got this challenge to, he no longer loves me. It's over. I mean, I think that's part of your story too. Did you actually feel that way, Rachel? Like, like maybe your marriage was over? Oh yeah. Especially when I first started gaining that weight, whenever I was uh, pregnant, I honestly thought he's going to leave me. There's no way he's going to stay. And you know, part of that came from my own insecurities. Part of it came from that past relationship I had that he, he did break up with me when I would get too fat or in his words, fat, you know, (laughs) um, even though I wasn't in hindsight, I'm like, really? Anyway. Um, and then when I would lose the weight, he would come back and say, Hey, let's get together. And so I had kind of taken that experience and thought that's how it's going to be in marriage also. Um, and like I said, that also didn't just come from that relationship. It came from just my own again, you think back to the original moment when I lost all the weight. And as soon as that, the enemy came up at me with that lie of, if you don't maintain this, a look, Mm -hmm. this appearance, nobody's going to love you. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was so entrenched to me that that was what I had to do in order to have love. Um, And so I applied that to my husband too. I was sure that, and now that I'm, you know, huge and pregnant, there's no way you're sticking around for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about a couple of things. Cause I know just thinking about like the lies that I believed in the way it affected my marriage. I think one belief that I took into marriage and it sounds silly now, but I really believed that my biggest value to my husband was physical. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's ridiculous now that we've been married for 15 years and I'm 45 years old. <laughs> it's like, there's no competing anymore. <laughs> you know, like the time, the time, the clock just not go backwards, right? But it's not like all of a sudden I'm going to wake up 22 tomorrow and and be able to quote unquote compete. But it's just a I shouldn't say crazy, but it's it's a it's a dangerous spiraling pattern of thoughts that that once they start going, it's hard to stop them. And I know that I've worked with women who have had these same thoughts for 30, 40, you know, even 50 years. So what what have you found? What helped you break out of that? rut. 
because I don't think it's realistic to say as soon as your husband stops lusting, you'll, you'll feel better. And you really have no control over that, right? Like it's draw the circle around everyone you can change and, oh, wait, <laughs> it's just me in the circle, right? So it's like, you don't, you don't have any control over or what he does. You're really only responsible for you. What should you do if you're in that spot? What worked for you? You know, and I, I will always premise this with, I feel like everybody's journey of freedom is so important to hold the hand of the Holy Spirit and let him show you what the next step is. Because maybe what works for me won't work, but I hope that my story might encourage you to say, hey, if I surrender this area to God, he's going to hold my hand. He's going to show me. And so, you know, with my husband and his blessed um, thing, I, uh, so I was pregnant with, it was, it was not until pregnancy number two that I really started to get freedom in this area. And I had gone into my doctor's appointment and this pregnancy, I was like, I'm not getting the 60 pounds because I had, after pregnancy one, I had hustled it off. You know, I was hustled it off in the gym and man, I got that weight off. It, it, it really came off pretty easily. And, but pregnancy number two was like, I'm not, we're going to, we're going to eat healthy this time. We're going to exercise. And I remember I went to my first checkup and I'd already gained 10 pounds, not even kidding. Like uh-huh. literally, and I was not even like two months pregnant or something already had gained 10 pounds. And, and I have these other friends here comes that comparison thing, right? Mm-hmm. I have these other friends who gained, they gained 20 pounds their entire pregnancy, you know? And I'm like, oh, I'm on track to gain 60 again. You know, like I'm thinking all these things, like what in the heck I'm doing all the things that I know to do to control the weight gain and it's still coming. And I remember I went to my doctor's office and thank the Lord knew I needed a, a Christian believe a very strong Christian doctor. Um, cause I saw that 10 pounds and I just started falling in the office, which was not a norm for me. And he was like, Whoa, what's happening. And so, you know, I kind of got to tell my doctor what was happening in my head, like this thing. And he, here's what he did. This is what a good doctor he was. He didn't, he didn't get on to me for the weight gain. He didn't say, well, let's look at what you're eating and, you know, let's see what we could do. He actually said, okay, he, he brought his nurse in. He said, every time you weigh her the rest of this entire pregnancy, and he's like, I do have to, I do have to weigh you because I need to know, you know, your stats and stuff. But he said, every time that you weigh her, she, I want you to have her back towards the scale. I don't want you to know what you're gaining. And, you know, for me, it was just, he, he was just showing me, Rachel, like, just take care of yourself, you know? And it was the first time, like, I felt like he extended me grace, you know, it was like, oh, okay. You know, I'm not in trouble. Like I was sure he was going to be getting on to me and, you know, telling me all the things I was doing wrong. And he just was like, you don't need to know then we'll just, we'll weigh you. And we just won't tell you what you gained. And I'm like, okay, that's a little dangerous, but okay. In my mind at the time. Uh Well, sure. Because you wouldn't have control, right? Yeah. Like how would you know what you were controlling if you didn't know the number? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, okay. And so I went into my car and that was the first day I just broke down before the Lord. And I finally was like, Lord, please help me. Like, I don't, I don't want to live. Like you said, I don't want to live the next 50 years like this. This is miserable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a up and a down, it's a high and a low. And so much of my worth and all these idols and all these thoughts that are just horrific and not from God. And so um, that's when the Lord started working in my heart. Now, keep in mind at the same time, he's working in my husband's heart about his lust for other women. Cause at that time, my husband was still struggling with checking out other women and, and everything. And I remember we had gone on a little weekend getaway and it was a marriage retreat of all things. And it was in Florida again, guess what? I'm pregnant. I kept, we kept finding ourselves in these situations where I was (laughs) pregnant and gaining weight and we'd be in environments that were really tempting for my husband, you know? So again, both of our insecurities are like rising up. 
and we were at the pool at this marriage retreat and I see my husband like very clearly checking out a girl in a bikini and he even recognized like when he saw when our eyes met he was like I'm so sorry you know and I just I lost it he in but let me just say this I'm not gonna share that whole story for that weekend because that would take too much time but he was set free that weekend like the Lord did something in him that weekend I don't know if it's because he saw the damage he was doing I don't know but it was just one of those like whoa not even kidding after that moment it's not that he's never struggled and won't he he'll never say that's not you know that that's not a thing that could happen um to him to struggle in that department anymore but he was majorly set free there and so for for me it started with back to your original question of how did this look it started with me not trying to control my husband because I was I was the the lust police, if you will, before mm-hmm. this, I was, I saw you looking at her. Were you checking her out? Oh my gosh. She's, you know, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm poor guy, you know, that had to be just nauseating. I was the drippy wife, you know, like <laughs> right being the, that the Bible talks about. I was the one that's like, oh my gosh, I'd be better to live on the corner of the rooftop of the house than to be living with you because I was just constantly on him. And whenever I stopped being on him and just started coming back to myself of, okay, Lord, help me with my freedom. Like give me security so that if I were to see my husband checking out another woman, which I did have opportunities like this, I wouldn't take it on as my fault, you know, Mm -hmm. like that it was like that I would just come back to, and it was a really sweet time with me and the Lord because I felt like the Lord was able to, while my husband was working through his um, bondage and, and getting break, uh, freedom in his area, the Lord was also kind of um, establishing my relationship with him because mm-hmm. really I was trying to get my husband to meet something in me that only God can meet, you know, and it wasn't until that got stronger that then my um, bondage broke off of me and then his bondage broke off of him too. image been bogging you down for too long it's time to get free my friend go to compare to who.me take your free body image awareness quiz you will learn amazing things you'll get your results right away and I think you'll have fun too because I mean who doesn't love to take quizzes go to compare to who.me there's lots of great resources on that site articles about body image and comparison and how you can find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ check it out today right after this episode, of course. I mean, and the one thing that I just want to reiterate, I think in what all you said, his lust problem was not about you. You could not have been a bikini model (laughs) and solve that. And I feel like that's just a truth that is so important for women to hear and understand because you look at the magazine covers, right? I, I use the story a lot, but, but we, we check out a Target and we see the magazine covers of those women in bikinis. And it's like, oh, you know, for me, it's like throw another bag of M&Ms onto the, onto the conveyor belt, right? Like, oh, I can't do that, right? But if you stop and you read the headlines around those women, there's just struggles with depression. There's struggles with maybe suicide attempts. And then there's struggles with men who have cheated on them. Yeah. And I mean, I will never forget that. I don't know if you're, you're not as old as I am to remember this, but when Hugh Grant cheated on Elizabeth Hurley, she was, I think she had been voted the most beautiful woman in the world. It was probably like the early nineties. 
And I just remember being stunned. Like how, how did the most beautiful woman in the world get cheated on? But I think that's, that's one of it's, it's the way the enemy works, right? He lies. He doesn't, he doesn't tell us the truth. And I think he very much does do things like show up in situations where, you know, it's like you said at the marriage retreat or all these inopportune times where, you know, you're very pregnant and he's tempted, like, you know, that's not by accident, right? The enemy knows what he's doing. He knows when the good times to, to tempt us into, into falling are, but he comes in with this lie that it's about us, that our husband's issues are about us and there's something that we can do to fix them. And then because I think our eating disorders and all the other body image behaviors are about control, we do exactly what you did, right? It's like, oh, okay, if it's about me, then I can control this. And if I can just get to my thinnest and my fittest and all the things in order, then it won't happen anymore. And then I think what I've seen some women experience is they actually try that and it still doesn't work, right? And so then that's a dead end. And, and just anyway, I think your words are so true. Any, any way you try it, it's not going to work because it's really about our relationship with the Lord, right? If we want freedom, we got to fix, fix our stuff and just trust God to be his Holy Spirit, right? I did. I used to, we'd be driving somewhere and this is when we lived outside of Dallas, especially it doesn't seem as bad here in Austin, but you probably know exactly what I talk about. What I'm talking about here, those tiger cabaret billboards, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, the woman's always scantily clad on those. And I would always be like, oh, hey, uh, look over there at that stop sign, you know, just like grasping for anything to like, so maybe I can protect him from seeing that other woman. And it was an impossible task, right? Like you just, you can't, unless you blind your husband, (laughs) you can't stop it. Right. So what other encouragement would you have for women who are just in the thick of this today, just struggling because they know or at least feel like their husband looks at other women, but they're just stuck. What encouragement would you have for those women? Yeah, I would piggyback on what you were just saying. Do not discount the power of prayer Mm, for your husband. Um, There is no, uh, that is so true. The Holy Spirit is the only Holy Spirit. And we really make a mistake as wives when we try to be the Holy Spirit to our husband it doesn't work. I mean, it, it puts a tension between us and the marriage for starters. And then it really just turns it. I mean, like it does not, we can't change each other. And it's the same for your husband with us. You know, there's been things in my life that needed changed. And the only time it ever got changed was when the Holy spirit was the one who did the work. Because if you think about it, even if let's just say, for example, your husband, cause like my, my husband, he um, was aware of it. He wanted to change it. So it wasn't like he was completely off and like la la land, didn't even think it was a problem. He saw it. But we all know that when we see, even when I see a problem in myself, if I try to change it in my own strength, I might last a day. Mm-hmm. Just like when you think you're going to start some diet, new diet, you know, in your own strength, you know, yeah, it lasts for a day. And then when I come off, man, I come off with a vengeance, you know, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, man, bring it all at the same time. And it's going to be ugly. And, um, and that's the same thing, that, you know, with a husband who's struggling with lust, the Holy Spirit has to be the one who empowers him to change. 
because if not, if it's not the Holy Spirit, he'll change, like I said, for a day, maybe a week, maybe you might even get a month. I don't know. Um, but then when it comes back, it, it's just like, you know, when the Bible says that, uh, that when the, in, when the demons come back to an empty house, they're going to come back and bring their friends. And that's kind of what happens is, you know, if it's us trying to, you know, like control him into changing, he's going to do it just momentarily, but then it's not going to be a lasting change. And, and one other thing I do, I do just also, Heather, you already said this, but I just want to say it again. It is not your fault that he's looking at other women. Like it really is not, like you said, you could be the thinnest, the whatever, you know, most beautiful, whatever. America, that, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if that is a stronghold in his heart, that it, it wouldn't matter. It just wouldn't matter. And, um, the more I recognize that I got so much freedom for myself and, you know, I think it also made my husband be more attracted to me because when we're over here hustling, trying to be thin, like, I don't know about you, you Heather, but whenever I have had my moments in life where I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to do all the things I'm going to hustle. I'm going to, you know, eat all the, you know, eat this certain ways, I become kind of grumpy, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even a, a nice person to be around. And, and so, yeah, he, he probably doesn't want to hang out with me as much, you know, I'm like, man, I might've lost the 20 pounds, but I am not very fun to be around because I'm starving and exhausted. And yeah. <laughs> so, well, so, yeah, and emotionally taxed too, because I think we only have so much emotional energy, right? And it takes yeah. a ton of emotional energy to try to, you know, do all the things to change your body. So it's like, yeah, dude, you're going to just have to wait, yeah. <laughs> so get off, get off all these plans yeah. and then I can be nice to you again. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's premium advice. Pray, pray, pray for your husband. I mean, so much more good can be done on your knees than trying to walk by the back of his computer every, <laughs> every five minutes or, or all of those tactics, which I've been there. I've, I've done it. And finally, I think for me, it was similar. Like the Holy Spirit was like, you don't get to be me. <laughs> like, let me be the Holy Spirit. You can be his wife. And the other thing I was thinking along those same lines is, is just being on his team. Right. Because I feel like sometimes when a man struggles with lust, like the wife feels like it's antagonistic, right? Like, okay, now we're, now we're on two different teams and he's against me because of this. And it's like, no, no, you're, you're on the same team. Has, has that been something that you've, you've kind of found along your journey? Yeah. You know, and actually I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, even after he, again, when I say he got set free, it wasn't that he's never struggled again. It's just, he got set free from the real stronghold that would like had, had hold of his heart. And, um, I remember, you know, it's kind of like, if you're a parent, if you ever have your kids come and tell you something they did, um, that maybe they're ashamed of. One of the worst things we can do as a parent is be like, Oh my God, you know, and you know, freak out on them, even though on the inside you're freaking out you, they will never write, they'll never come tell you again, or they'll be very hesitant to tell us again, if we freak out on them. And so I remember that God just really ordered or instructed me in this area that, you know, when I told Matt, and that's my husband, uh, you have permission, if you're struggling, I would really rather you tell me about it, even though on the inside, I'm like, oh, please, please self handle it, you know, mm -hmm. and I'll never forget. We did. I don't remember how many years ago this, I think about five years or so ago, we, we like to run races together and we had ran a half marathon together. And I remember after the race, like we're, you know, we always like, we'll go out and maybe have a nice dinner or something and, and everything. And I remember he was like, 
Rach, I have to tell you something. And again, I'm telling the, you this with his permission. He's like, I don't know why, but during our race today, I was really struggling with checking out other women in their little tight leggings, you know, as they ran by. He's like, I mean, he's like, I was battling it the entire time. And, um, and again, uh, me on the inside, I got that, oh, like somebody just sucker punched me because I'm over here thinking, oh, we just ran this fun race. This is so cool. We had a great time. Now we're celebrating. And then he drops this on me. And, and my flesh in that moment wanted to be like, you did what? You know, and like, I'm not going to go off down that crazy because that flesh side of me is still there. You know, yeah. like it still wants to rise up. Um, but I, I was like, okay, deep breaths in. Holy Spirit, please help me. You know, yeah. so I was like, okay let's talk about it. I'm glad you came to me. Now, let me be clear on something. I did extend him a lot of grace in that moment. And I was told him I was grateful he came and told me. And, you know, we talked about what we can do to help him. But then I did have my moment in my prayer closet later where I was like, Lord, oh my gosh, you know, like I did my freak out moment. So I think there's a real value to learn that it is still okay to do your freak out moment, but do it to God mm -hmm. where God can handle it. He can, he can listen to you say maybe the not some nice things or thoughts that you have. Um, but then I still was, you know, it wasn't that I just brushed it under the rug with my husband. I was like, Oh no problem. I mean, it was, it was a thing, you know, it wasn't like I just let him off the hook, but it was, I would just wanted to confirm in him that I'm a safe place that he can come and he can tell these things to. And then I would also recommend that your, your husband, if he struggles with this, that he does have a good male um, friend that he can talk to you about it as well. That that's really important because sometimes it's just not quite the same as talking to, to your wife. Yeah, definitely accountability partners, or, I mean, depending on his struggle, like, you know, it's okay to get help right? Like that's, that's something that he has to be ready for and interested in. Otherwise you forcing him to go to see a counselor or go to the, you know, break free from porn weekend is probably not going to be effective, <laughs> but, but you know, there's no shame in getting help and, and talking about it. And I think sometimes women are embarrassed if their husband has this issue, right? Like, well, I don't know if I want you to do that thing at church because then people will know and it somehow reflects on me, but you got to shake that off sister. If that's, that's when you're thinking like, let, him go get the help he needs. And you, you said something that triggered some thoughts in my mind just about, I think for me, one thing that was freeing was separating his sin from, from me, right? Like I have my own bucket of sin and how ridiculous would it be? Like, so one of my struggles is gluttony for sure. You know, like after I've had like the three scoops of ice cream. If I go back for four, like it's too much. Right? And so like technically, like that's the classic definition of, of gluttony, right? Like it's more food than I need. And I have those, the temptation is there, right? So it starts with the temptation and then I have a choice to make. And the choice is, do I give into the gluttony and go back and get more ice cream? Or do I say, no, that would be sin. I'm going to stop myself. Well, how ridiculous would it be on all of those times when I go back and get more ice cream for my husband to be irate with me? Like, I can't believe that's so, that's unhealthy for you. Don't you know you have a strong family history of diabetes? Like, don't you want to be around for our kids? Like, oh, I'm so angry with you for doing that. And I was like, well, no, it's my, it's my sin, right? Like, it's my issue. It's my temptation. When I was able to see it like that, like he's got his stuff that he's got to deal with and I've got my stuff that I've got to deal with. And God forgives his sin and sees his sin just the same way he forgives and sees my sin. That like brought me a lot, a lot of freedom too. just 
to be released again <laughs> from being his Holy Spirit. I don't have to be his convictor and it's, it's not about me. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Okay. So let's loop back around as we close up because you, uh, you started, you opened the can of worms. What do you tell someone when they've lost weight? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> taking it a completely different direction here, okay. but, but you open the can of worms. So I'm like, that's, that's a good place to go. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this is a tricky topic because you see this all the time in society where people tell each other, I'm so proud of you for losing weight. And the thing is, I think it, first of all, it's definitely situational, right? I mean, I, I can't just blanket statement that we shouldn't tell people we're proud of them for losing weight. I don't want to don't want to blanket statement that, but I personally like to look more at the things I'm proud of them for that are character things, mm -hmm. not so much um, outward appearance things. So, you know, I'm proud of you for um, saying no to that fourth scoop of ice cream, <laughs> you know, like when, you, you know, for, for you not letting your sin nature rise up in that moment or um, like my, my daughter is 13 and she's recently really started getting into exercising. She just likes it. You know, she's wa wanting to run and different things. And, and as a result of that, she has lost some weight that I have noticed, but I have not said to her, I'm so proud of you that you lost weight. Instead, I have said, hey, I'm so proud that you, you know, you're wanting to, and I don't even know that I honestly say the verbiage, I'm so proud, but I love that you're go wanting to go for runs now. And, you know, how does that make you feel when you go for a run? And she's like, oh, I feel like I have so much more energy the rest of my day when I go take a lap around the block before school starts. And so I even just with my own kids and my girls, especially really am trying to tune into how does that, how are you feeling after you do make those choices? You know, did you have more energy? Uh, when you d decided not to eat, like you said, the fourth bowl of ice cream, did your stomach didn't hurt this time, right? Yay, that's good. So we got to enjoy the ice cream and now your stomach doesn't hurt uh, the rest of the night. And so it's just to me more about just what you're focusing in on because um, I just see this so often when, when people lose weight and then all these people are telling them, We're, I'm so proud of you for the weight you lost. And I'm really more proud of somebody for their behavior change and for their heart change, you know, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, so, you know, I love that you let God speak to you in this area and he convicted you of, you know, maybe you've been eating too much sugar and now you're, you're enjoying it in moderation. That's so awesome. I love that for you. And yeah. So does that, does yeah, that help I, I, don't, I don't have an that. answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I have a good answer either, but you just, you brought that up and I was like, huh, yeah, that's something interesting to think about because I know yeah. I'm very careful not to say anything, but I don't know that yeah. I have a good substitute for not saying anything. Or even just, you look so healthy. You look so energetic. Yeah. You look yeah. so, you know, just things about them that are not just so focused on. And, and I'm not saying you can't ever tell anybody, oh, you've lost weight, that kind of a thing, but just that it's not the, the star of the show. You know, I, right. I don't like weight loss to be the star of the show. That to me, weight loss is just a byproduct and a fruit of a behavior that you decided to do. And so, yeah. yeah. Or it might I mean, actually be an unhealthy thing. You might've yeah. lost weight because you suddenly have a disease or something like that. Exactly. So I feel like I always want to be careful in, in terms of yeah. that too, or maybe you're back to your eating disorder and I don't want to encourage you on that path by saying, Hey, good job. <laughs> right? yeah. So it's exactly. kind of, it's, it's tricky ground. Yeah. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show today. Can you tell everyone where they can connect with you? I know you're all over Instagram all the time. She does great Instagram stories, but where else can we reach you? Tell, tell us your Instagram handle and all the places. 
yeah, my Instagram handle is at Rachel J. Gilbert. And I do spell my name funny. It's R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Um, I'll my put website, it in the show notes too. <laughs> yeah. My website's just rachelgilbert.com. And from there you can find my podcast. It's Real Talk with Rachel. And um, yeah, my website's a good landing place for all those things. So Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story again. That's all for today's episode of Compare to Who. I hope something in this episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Thanks for watching or listening. Bye-bye. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories and our destination dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.